Welcome to Cornerstone Church of Parker and our Sunday service webcast, which is connecting you to God's Word anywhere over the internet. We're glad you're joining our webcast today and pray that God will minister to you as we share His good news in Christ Jesus. And now, with a message from God's Word, here's our speaker for today. As you followed that video and you read all those words, I pray you heard a little voice in your head going around, yes, I am thankful, I am thankful, I am thankful. The subject for today is Thanksgiving. Please turn in your Bible or open your phone or your pad to Luke chapter 17. Please follow, I will read. Um, Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 11. The story of Jesus. While he was on his way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him, and they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered and said, Where were, were there not ten cleansed, but the nine, where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. I love our national holiday of Thanksgiving. It is one of the best holidays in our calendar. My family likes to get together at Thanksgiving time. And in the providence of God, we live in a country where there is one day out of the year set aside when we can say thank you to the Lord, we can say thank you to our families, and we can say thank you to our friends. Of course, we Christians are directed to be thankful and to express thanksgiving in all things. President George Washington proclaimed the first National Day of Thanksgiving. It was November 26, 1789. But after a few years, the presidential proclamations lapsed. Although most New England communities celebrated a Thanksgiving, there was no coordinated effort or no national day. And in other parts of the country, the holiday was pretty much overlooked. No one seemed to care whether there was a day of national Thanksgiving except one lady, Sarah Josepha Buell Hale. Mrs. Hale was left as a widow with five children and she had to go to work outside of her home. Of course, in the 19th century, many people frowned on that. That was not the place for a woman. However, she became the editor of the Ladies' Magazine, which merged with Godet's Ladies' Book. Now, you know Mrs. Hale. You know her as the author of Mary Had a Little Lamb. Let's say it Together. Aloud, please. 
Mary had a little lamb, its fleece was white as snow, and everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go. It followed her to school one day, which was against the rule. It made the children laugh and play to see a lamb at school. Mrs. Hale's ability for editorial writing was used to campaign for a national observance of a Thanksgiving day. So over the space of 20 years, she wrote dozens and dozens of editorials for Thanksgiving Day. Now, one man who read her work was President Abraham Lincoln, and he declared there would be a Thanksgiving Day, and he acted, and this was right during the Civil War. Ever since that time, Mrs. Hale has been known as the mother of Thanksgiving, a very fitting tribute. Our national holiday is a reminder to we Christians of what the Bible tells us we should be doing all the time. Ephesians 5.20 Always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3 And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 In everything, give thanks. A thankful person is a healthy person. In our text for today, Jesus healed ten lepers, but only one man returned to say thank you. Point number one. More people receive benefits than give thanks. In our text, it says, And as he entered a village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. They raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks. Jesus healed a group of ten lepers as he was passing through a village on his way to Jerusalem. Leprosy had no known cure. It was the AIDS of the day. Those men were helpless, hopeless outcasts. They were forced to live at a distance. They were not permitted to come into the community. To get Jesus' attention, they had to shout from a distance. All ten were healed. They were permitted back into the community again to be with family, to be with friends. But only one man came to Jesus and said, thank you. Now, common grace refers to the common benefits of life that are given to everyone by God. The Lord makes his reign to fall on the just and on the unjust. Some of the benefits of common grace that everyone enjoys are these. Love, beauty, medicine, rain, marriage, family, orderliness of government. Everyone enjoys these benefits, but not everyone gives thanks to God for them. Rain, well, that's just a hindrance to my golf game. Marriage, that's something to get away from. Government, it's just out to get you. Lack of thanksgiving is the result of pride, arrogance, 
and the assumption that the favor is deserved. You know this defense. After all, I didn't ask to be born, so therefore I should have some of these benefits. Lack of understanding of the value of the gift leads to lack of understanding, as if I could make rain appear. Let us be among the 10% that come back and say thank you to the Lord. Number two, more people pray than give thanks. Verse 13, and they raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. As Jesus was walking through that village, all ten of the lepers shouted at him from a distance, Jesus, have mercy on us. <coughs> and Jesus immediately met the need. He had mercy on them. When they cried out, that was a prayer. They were asking Jesus to help them. And Jesus instantly met their need. In the face of overwhelming circumstances, people become desperate and pray. But how short are memories? A common problem here is leprosy. It brought Samaritans and Galileans together. Those people were political, religious, personal enemies. The Samaritans had no dealings with the Jews whatsoever, but they had a common problem, leprosy, and that brought them together. That would be like reading in your newspaper today that Hamas and the Israeli Defense Forces have combined to do something. They're enemies. I have been told that animals, which are natural predatory enemies, will occupy the same ground in a flood because they have a common problem. There are no atheists in foxholes. But after the problem is solved, it's usually back to business as usual without a thank you. But let us be among the 10% that come back and say thank you after we pray. Number three, more people obey ritual than give thanks. Verse 14, and when he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice and fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks. Jesus told all 10 lepers to go and be examined by the priest. Well, the priest was the health commissioner of the community. Under the instructions given by Moses in the book of Leviticus, if any person had a skin irritation, he was to be examined by the priest and be quarantined for seven days. If at the end of the seven days, the skin irritation persisted, he was to go to the priest again, and the priest would see it, and then he would be quarantined for an additional seven days. If at the end of 14 days, the skin irritation persisted, that person was expelled from the community, and he was forced to live at a distance, he was forced to live in such a way that healthy people would not come in contact with him. Now, if the skin irritation cleared, 
he was to come back to the priest and be examined. The priest would take two live birds, take some cedar wood, take a scarlet string and a branch of hyssop. He would kill one bird, dip the live bird in the blood of the killed bird, the wood and the string, and then he would let the live bird go free. The cleansed person would then go and shave all of the hair from his head. He would take a ritual bath, and after he waited for seven days, if his skin was clear, he would come back to the priest. And if the priest would see that his skin was clear, he was given permission to come back into the community, to be again with his family and friends. Well, all ten lepers went through that ritual. They went to the priest. The priest followed all of the laws of Moses as given in Leviticus 13 and 14. And those people had clear skin. They come back into the community. They can once again associate with family and with friends. Well, Christianity is meant to be a relationship between God and a believer. But all too often, some people have made it to be a ritual. And so they follow certain guidelines, thinking that God would be blessed or they would be approved by that. They go certain places, they dress a certain way, they sing a certain way. And pretty soon, that ritual becomes the objective. Tragedy is, more people follow ritual than give thanks. Let us be among the 10% that say thank you. Number four, more people believe than give thanks. Verse 14, and when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now, all 10 men had leprosy. All 10 men walked to the priest following Jesus' instructions. When they started to walk, they had visible sores of leprosy. And you know how that happens. Pretty soon your fingers fall off. So maybe they just had little stubs on their hands. And they start walking toward Jesus. Now that is faith. That is a huge step of faith. Jesus presented these men with this step of faith. Leprosy was the AIDS of the day. There was no known cure. All ten men had sufficient confidence in the words of Jesus that they were walking to the priest to be examined. They were unclean. They were rejected. They were sick people. They had to walk in such a way that healthy people would not touch them. But they believed Jesus' words, even though they had sores on their hands that they could see. It's not recorded that Jesus ever healed anyone like this before. Yet all ten men believed. But only one man came back to say, thank you. Now, it is possible to have faith to move mountains and be ungrateful and not say thank you. 
In fact, Jesus said, at the last judgment, there will be those who will claim to have done great works in his name. But Jesus will say to them, depart from me, I never knew you. Let us be among the 10% that come back and say, thank you, as well as have great faith. (laughs) Number five, the biggest return is saying thank you. Verse 17, then Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed, but the nine, where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. The physical healing should have motivated all nine to come back and say, thank you. I'm back with my family. I'm back with my friends. I no longer have this dreaded disease. But they didn't. They did not say thanks. It should have motivated them, but it didn't. The nine men didn't say thank you. They had healthy bodies. They were back to work. They were back with family. They were back with friends. But they had a sick soul. And as a result, they were not fully well. The one man who came back, healthy body. Look, good skin. Nothing wrong. Good fingers. But he also had a healthy soul. He cried out to Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. He went. He went through all of the ritual. He came back. He was so grateful. He fell at Jesus' feet. He glorified God with a loud voice. He fell on his face and he gave thanks. And Jesus said, your faith has made you well. Given him a healthy soul as well as a healthy body. He spoke faith to God. He fell on his knees. This was a, submission, this was a posture of submission to God. He said, thank you. It was a result of a gift that he had been given. Faith in Jesus is powerful. People are made well by faith in Jesus. Faith is believing in God to do what I can't do for myself. And thanksgiving is the statement that's made by a healthy soul. Oh, we parents, we try to teach our children to say thank you. Good manners are very, very valuable, but... Thanksgiving is from a healthy soul. A healthy heart is an asset. If you can say thank you to God in the midst of any trouble, you are a rich person. A man stood in the street watching his house be destroyed by fire. He said to his wife, It's a great loss, but we have our health, we have our strength, We have each other. We have the children. Thank God we are safe. My faith in the love and wisdom of God is not destroyed. I have hope for the future. I'm alive, ready for action. Let's thank God we saved more than we lost. A thankful heart focuses on what remains, not what is lost. A thankful heart is an asset. At the end of a prayer and praise meeting, 
there was a good brother who stood and related a long complaining list of trials and difficulties he was experiencing on his way to heaven. When he finished, another brother stood and said, I see our brother lives on Grumbling Street. I lived there myself for a long time. The air is bad, the houses are bad, the water is bad, the birds don't sing, the people are not friendly. I was gloomy, I was sad. But I've moved. I moved over to Thanksgiving Avenue. And ever since, I feel much better. The air is clean, the water's good, the people are friendly, and the birds sing. I'm as happy as I can be. I suggest to our brother that he move. There are plenty of good houses available on Thanksgiving Avenue. So where do you live? Do you live on Grumbling Street? Do you live on Thanksgiving Avenue? Let's be among the 10% that come back and say, thank you. Thanksgiving comes from a healthy soul. Did Jesus ever say thank you? I found four references in my Bible where he did. After taking the loaves and the fish, before he multiplied them and gave them to the 5,000, he gave thanks. Jesus therefore took the loaves, and having given thanks, he distributed to those who were seated, likewise also of the fish, as much as they wanted. The second time, before multiplying the seven loaves and the fish to give to the 4,000, a very similar event, he gave thanks. And he directed the multitude to sit down on the ground, and taking the seven loaves, he gave thanks and broke them, and started giving them to his disciples to serve them. The third time, he was standing at the tomb of Lazarus, and before Lazarus was brought back to life, Jesus said, thank you to God for hearing him. And so they removed the stone, and Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou heard me. And the fourth time is at the Last Supper. Before passing out the cups of wine and breaking the bread to give to the disciples, Jesus said, Thank you. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, and when he had taken some bread and given thanks, yes, Jesus said, Thank you. Now, I have noticed that Christians often ask and fret about doing the will of God. Did you ever ask this? What would God have me to do with my life? Oh, how I wish that God would reveal to me what I should be doing. Should I go to the right? Should I go to the left? Should I move? Should I take a different job? Should I do this? Should I do that? Such questions take up a lot of our time, a lot of our energy. There's only one place in the New Testament, where the will of God is mentioned. It's in Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians. It says this, In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you want to do the will of God, say thank you. Please stand. We're going to sing a very old song. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, name them one by one. 
Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done again. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. And now let's all just raise our hands and say thank you. Just say thank you to the Lord. Thank you, God, you have given us life. Thank you, God, we are here. Thank you, Lord, you have protected Thank you, we had a breakfast this morning. Thank you, we got good clothes. Thank you, you got us in our right minds. You got us to church. We could sing glorious songs. You have blessed, you have kept, you have protected. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Now, may we always be people who say thank you. Now, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling... And to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now, and forever. Amen. God bless you. Go in the love and name of Jesus and be thankful. God bless. We thank you for listening to this Sunday service webcast from Cornerstone Church of Parker in Parker, Colorado. We hope that His truth has enriched your life and inspires you to greater works in God's kingdom. We invite you to worship with us in our Sunday morning service or join in our other ministry events posted on cornerstonechurchofparker.org. Cornerstone Church, built on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and connecting people to God, each other, and to our world.